a lot of the time we actually overserve our children. So we kind of give them a full plate of food. And something to help for picky eaters is actually to know that less is more. They can be really overwhelmed if they have a plate in front of them that's full of food. So another tip is to actually just put a few bites of each portion onto the plate, which can actually increase their likelihood of trying new foods and eating what's there. Another thing to reference when it comes to knowing if they're eating you know, too much or not enough is typically we look at it as one tablespoon per year of age. So a two-year-old appropriate portion would be two tablespoons. So that's not much. So it's kind of comforting to hear those things. Welcome to the Wellness Essentials Podcast, where we invite you to join the conversation and get inspired to be in the driver's seat of your health and well-being. On this podcast, you'll get an all-access pass inside the minds of MDs, experts, and thought leaders in the industry. No topic is off-limits. And we're asking the questions to get you the answers across the gamut of topics when it comes to optimizing your health. This is the WE Podcast. Today on the podcast, we're talking to Leah Rachel, who is a registered dietitian and mother of two with another little one on the way. Today, she's going to help us learn a little bit more about how we can make sure that our families are getting the correct nutrition um, and make sure that our kids are growing up strong and healthy. So thank you so much, Leah, for joining us. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you for having me. My name is Leah. I am a registered dietitian. I've been practicing for about eight years now, currently working at the Fargo VA, so I'm serving our veteran population. Um, I work with all kinds of nutrition therapy, ranging from diabetes to kidney disease to general weight management. I also teach cooking classes and enjoy cooking at home. I have been married to my husband, Eric, for 11 years almost. And as you said, we have two little girls. We have a five-year-old and a, or I'm sorry, almost five-year-old and almost three-year-old, as well as a baby due in August. So we're busy um, trying to navigate life and parenthood and, and work, but um, never a dull moment. I'm sure with two little ones running around, I'm sure that keeps you pretty busy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we have a lot of mom listeners, and I know a lot of moms wonder if they are doing the right things and giving their kids the right food to make sure that they are staying healthy. So could you tell us a little bit about um, what nutrients we need to make sure that we're feeding our families and like what, what typically we're missing on our tables? Sure. Yeah. So I think nutrition is often overcomplicated and there's a lot of pressure as parents to nourish our children perfectly. And I think sometimes that pressure can overwhelm us. So to simplify it, variety is key. That's the biggest message I could give. So think eat the rainbow. You know, when we talk about foods and superfoods, there's really not one food that is perfect. So that's something to remember is we couldn't live off of one single food, even if it was kale. Um, so just looking at variety and 
the MyPlate method. I'm not sure if you've heard of that before, but it's a really nice visual that simplifies nutrition a lot. So it's a picture of a plate and it makes sure that we have that balance that we all need. So protein is one component of that. Our carbohydrates, another component of that. And then we have kind of our non-starchy vegetables and fruits. And, you know, when we think about the standard American diet, there are more so things that we are getting too much of. So rather than what are we lacking, it's also kind of nice to start by answering it backwards and saying that most of us are getting too much sodium, added sugar, and unhealthy sources of fat coming from heavily processed foods. So with that, you know, looking to incorporate more of those whole foods, less processed foods from our fruits and vegetables and whole grains would be an area of focus. But with our little ones, we still need fat in the diet. So do adults. And that's something that is good to focus on too, is getting those heart healthy fats from our oils and nuts and seeds, avocados, and a variety of things along those lines. So as a mom, I'm sure that you've had some experience with kids who might be picky eaters. How can we help them embrace those healthy foods, maybe trying new vegetables or fruits um, to kind of help them have that variety in their diet? Yeah. So one thing that I have seen a lot is people will try to kind of sneak the fruits and vegetables into the meals. But I'm a big fan of not doing that and actually having it visible. So the biggest factor in giving that variety and increasing the chances of your child to eat a bigger variety of food is exposure. So they will eat 0% of what isn't there. (laughs) So just remember that, don't give up. Exposure is really the number one area I would encourage parents to focus on. So the best thing you can do is to have it on the plate. But we have to be careful with that. There's, again, that pressure. We don't want to create a stressful eating environment by trying to force them to eat those foods. So the best thing is to make mealtimes fun. Include something that you know that they will love. So for us, my kids, they love cheese sticks or bread, you know, the the carb foods, the foods that maybe others might look at and say, oh, well, that's bad. I shouldn't put it on their plate. But what I want to encourage is that they look at the plate and they don't look at it and see all unfamiliar foods. I know they're going to at least eat that cheese stick or bread or whatever it might be. But then I also have maybe a new item or always have that fruit or vegetable there for them to to eat. So one thing to take into consideration is as parents, we are in charge of when they eat and what is there. But our children's responsibility is to choose if they eat and how much. So that takes the pressure off of us where we can then just know that we're providing a balanced meal, but we aren't there to say, you need to eat this. So after many exposures, they might not try it until 10 times or more. But once they kind of cross that threshold, they start to realize that they like that food. So it it becomes just an easier situation for both the kid and the parent where we're not stressing about it. 
Absolutely. I think that's great advice to not give up because we, we know that we need to give them a variety of foods, give them a variety of nutrients. Um, I liked how you kind of talked about like not putting like a lot of pressure on the kids. I know as we kind of grew up in our generation, we were kind of told like to finish your plate. Like yes. how can we help our kids have a better relationship with food than we did? Right. We call that the clean your plate club. <laughs> and a lot of us did grow up in that era where you sat at the table until you were done. Um, and it's tough because now that's actually the very opposite of what is being encouraged. So really trying to allow the children again to be in the driver's seat as far as what and if, where, you know, again, it's our responsibility to choose what is there and try to give them that variety. Um, but you know, we really want them to keep their intuition. So when we grew up in that clean your plate club, we kind of lost that intuitive eating concept where we could recognize when we were full and satisfied. Instead, we were told to eat until it's gone. And for everyone, our bodies are different. So you might have felt full, but you were forced to keep eating. So it becomes a long, lifelong habit where we then feel obligated to finish our plate. So that's what's really nice about taking that pressure off is letting them keep their intuition of when they're full. And, you know, something that has surprised me as a parent is noticing how they even have that with foods that a lot of us don't, such as sweets. So my daughter will have a brownie and she'll have really wanted that brownie and it's there and she eats it, but then she'll eat half of it and go back to playing and it's not a big deal. So it's really cool to kind of see that natural intuition still there. And I really am going to do my best to, to keep it there. Absolutely. Um, so parents sometimes too, like you said, the kid might leave half their brownie. How do we know when it's worrisome that our kids might not be eating enough or eating too much? Like what are our cues or guidelines that we should be following? Yeah, so that's a great question. A lot of the time we actually overserve our children. So we kind of give them a full plate of food. And something to help for picky eaters is actually to know that less is more. They can be really overwhelmed if they have a plate in front of them that's full of food. So another tip is to actually just put a few bites of each area or each portion onto the plate, which can actually increase their likelihood of trying new foods and eating what's there. Another thing to reference when it comes to knowing if they're eating you know, too much or not enough is typically we look at it as one tablespoon per year of age. So a two-year-old appropriate portion would be two tablespoons. So that's not much. So it's kind of comforting to hear those things. And another thing to know is they might eat everything on their plate at breakfast and then not eat a bite at lunch. Don't be alarmed. Don't let that concern you. Really what we look at is the longer term questions of are they growing along their own curve. So you'll see when you go to the doctor, they have the growth charts and every child is different. Just like us as adults, we're all different shapes and sizes and not one body is meant to be the same. And so just making sure that 
you're continuing with those appointments and listening to the guidance from your providers. If there's concerns as far as malnutrition, the medical team should be involved. And those are absolutely things that are real for some, where some children do need feeding therapy or have you know issues where they need that extra assistance. Um, on the other side of it, you know, when it comes to are they eating too much, again, still looking at that growth curve and also knowing that, you know, it takes some time where they're growing and then they might not grow in height. And so don't be alarmed. You know, every child is different. I have a four-year-old and two-year-old that are fed the same diet and one of them has always been in the 10th percentile or less. She's just very petite. And my other is in more like the 60th or 70th percentile. So she looks a little more short and stocky where the other one is, um, you know, not necessarily tall, but she's very thin, but I have no concerns because I know that, you know, they're overall eating a balanced diet and they're on their own growth curves. Um, what are some of like the telltale signs that you might look for? Cause you have your yearly appointments with your doctor, but Outside of those, are there any signs you should be looking for that indicate that, like malnutrition or that they're not getting enough of something in particular? There's a lot to look for in that, and, you know, that's a great question. I'd say one good thing about nutrition that I would recommend for all kids is give them a daily multivitamin, a chewable multivitamin, just so you kind of know that the bases are covered. Um, in general, I'm not a supplement pusher, but a multivitamin is a benefit to all. As far as when should you be concerned or red flags, you know, if you notice your child really isn't eating much of anything at all, or they really won't eat a certain food or will only eat maybe two or three items, even though you really put in the effort to put that balance on the plates and over and over, you are trying that no, no pressure, but see no improvement. It's always good to just, you know, put in a little word with the provider and maybe set up an appointment. There are signs of deficiencies, but those are things that health professionals would be more in tune to noticing. Um, but, you know, if you see that they're not gaining weights, if you do weigh them at home, or if you're noticing any issues with energy or even dehydration, um, those are things that you can look at as well. Um, if their hair is falling out or they you know, don't heal well or you know, things like that. Um, but again, I don't want to go into too much detail and get people concerned and have them trying to do a nutrition-focused physical exam. That's my job. But <laughs> So keep in touch yeah. with your doctor and reach yeah. out if you have concerns. Yeah. So we encourage always to get your nutrition through food, but if a parents are wanting to fill up the gap with a multivitamin, um, do you have any suggestions or tips of like how they can make sure that they're giving the right type of multivitamin and it's not just full of like sugar and other garbage? Yeah, great question. You know, first and foremost, typically I say buy local. It's tough online to know if it's a reputable source. And the struggle with the supplement industry is it really isn't regulated. And so we really don't know the purity unless the company has put in the extra money to have their product tested for purity. 
Um, but if you're buying local or even from big box stores, Walmart, Target, there are typically going to have good reputable brands there. As far as you know, the type, like I said earlier, the chewable is recommended over the gummy. That is more so for dental health. If you think of a chewable, that's going to dissolve and easily wash down. Whereas gummies, you think of when you're eating, you know, gummy candy, it gets stuck in the teeth and it's hard to brush our children's teeth really well. I let them do it themselves first and then I'll try my best, but they're, they're tough. So that's just one thing that can help with their dental health. You know, I really don't worry about the added sugars, the chewables, they like them and it helps them to get them down. Um, and, you know, I just know that they're getting some good coverage with the general multivitamins and minerals that they need. Awesome. As a mom, are there any, like, sneaky ways that you try and get different items in your family's diets? Maybe I don't want to use the word sneaky because we, we don't want to sneak things in their diet. <laughs> But do you ever, do you have any like fun ways that you've ever presented it that our moms could try? Yeah, so that's a perfect way to put it is having fun. Kids like to play. And I know I hear sometimes don't play with your food, but I actually encourage that. We want mealtimes to be a fun time. Something that is surprising that I've learned over the past four years of being a mom is that something as simple as giving them a toothpick that's in the fruit or the food, that makes it fun for them. So it sounds so simple and it really is, but that right there makes them excited. They like to poke the food and take a bite and they're more likely to eat more of it. Fun shapes. I know Amazon has so many fun little food stampers where you can actually, you know, cut cheese into stars or make things into silly shapes. And that also helps encourage it. Um, something that I'm not very artistic with, but my husband has made, you know, faces out of the meal where he'll kind of just make it into something funny. Or even on Christmas, he did a Christmas tree shaped something or another. So things like that can actually make it more fun where we're not sneaking it where they can't see it. It's still visible what the food is, but they're able to kind of have fun and, and enjoy it. And it, it brings new interest. Another thing that I think is very important and helpful is to include them in the process of cooking and it can really slow it down. <laughs> I know I am kind of OCD when it comes to cleanliness, so it's been really hard for me. I'm not going to lie because they are messy, um, but I've learned to accept that and embrace it and include them because I see how much joy that brings them. And again, when they're included in it, you'll see that they actually then have pride and are more likely to then try the food. So that's been a really rewarding thing. And as they age, it's been fun to see them start to use a knife, you know, a safe knife for a child, but just these skills that make them feel important and in charge. So if your girls are going to choose what they're going to make for dinner, what, what do they usually like to cook for you guys? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm not going to lie. My kids still love the staples of you know, mac and cheese or pizza. So pizza is something that's really fun for them to make. If you buy the crust, 
and then let them do the toppings. Tacos are another example where they can kind of add their own stuff. That's another way to bring involvement um, into the meal. Um, and, you know, the one thing to know is with that pressure, don't feel like you can't have the pizza or the mac and cheese or the chicken nuggets. We still include those in our rotation. But uh, kind of going back to the beginning, one factor there is balance it out. So it's not just the mac and cheese we're eating for supper. I include a fruit and a vegetable as well. So I know that they're still getting a nice balance like the my plate method. Do you talk to your kids about like what nutrition is and like why foods are good for your body, what it does for your body? Yeah, so that is a really scary subject for me because our culture focuses so much on food being good and bad and health being based on our looks or our size. And having two girls, that especially makes me very cautious. And as a dietitian, I just really want them to have a good relationship with food and their bodies and how they feel about themselves. And so how we talk about food is not the biggest focus in our life. It's just a part of life and the topics will come up. Um, But you'll never hear me say that a food is good or bad. All food has some sort of a benefit, even if it's a sugar-filled donut, there's still energy being provided. Yes, that's a sometimes food that I, I don't include daily in our diet, but it's a part of their diet. And um, we talk about how food affects our bodies. So if it gives us energy, or maybe we'll talk about you know the color of something and what it does, such as, you know, this orange carrot helps us to see at night <laughs> or, you know, things like that, where we're trying to relate it to what it does for our body and not, you know, relate it to our looks. So, you know, we really want food to be neutral. That's kind of my goal is to be neutral. And, you know, we don't restrict something that can actually help to take food off that pedestal of, you know, reward. Oftentimes we think of, again, that clean your plate club, you might've been told if you want dessert, you need to eat your meal. We don't do that here. So here I actually do kind of a strategic exposure at times where the brownie might be on the plate with the full meal, not a big deal. I don't say anything about it. Of course they get excited and they might eat that item first, but not always. And so it's just kind of trying to lead it into a place that makes it more neutral and not a big deal. Um, Because if we restrict, that can actually backfire and lead them to sneaking or hiding food, binging on food, again, just creating that not so great relationship with food. I think that more and more we're seeing how as adults, how people talk to, about food has affected our relationships with food. Is there any like phrases or things that people say that you have found to be problematic that we should just like re- think about rephrasing them or even cleaning them out of our vocabulary? You know, there's no perfect way to parent. And so I don't want to criticize anyone and I am not perfect. And I know there's been times that I say things that 
I don't mean to. I think actually it's funny because my daughter loves books and she's really into the Berenstain Bears books right now. And my husband ordered a handful of ones with her. And when they arrived, I saw that one was called junk food. And so of course I grabbed it and had to read through it and see if I approved of it. And, you know, that was something that I didn't really want her to hear is a message about, you know, junk food. And it talked about it making us like chunky or fluffy. I can't remember the word that it said, but I think again, that good and bad message is something I really would discourage parents to use or creating guilt around food where again, it can lead them to hiding it or feeling bad, or they might start to look at their body in a different way and blame the food. Um, So really that negativity towards food would be the top area that I would encourage parents to do their best to avoid. Um, And, you know, trying to avoid food as reward, you know, using other methods of reward and not having it rely on food itself, which is an easy reward. Yes, if you do this, we can go get an ice cream. And not to say that food isn't still a celebratory thing. I mean, that's just our culture. It's going to be there at all events. And that's okay, but we just really want it to not be okay. In order to eat this food, I have to earn it first. Absolutely. When we're talking about families and eat uh, food, how important do you think it is to sit down as a family and have dinner together? I really think this is such an important thing because monkey see monkey do first of all when you are eating together as a family not only is it a time to bond and maybe talk about each other's day but it's also a time for your children to see you eating the foods that you're encouraging them to eat as well and again by encouraging just that exposure having it there i will say that i've noticed that a lot as well if i'm taking a bite of something I watch them watch me and then they take a bite of it as well. So it really does make an impact there. It also helps bring mindfulness to eating because we are such a culture that focuses on where am I now and where do I have to be next? And we're run, run, run. And we end up maybe eating in front of the TV or while we're driving or walking around. And so, you know, we really want our children to have just that moment in their day where we're all together and eating. And another big thing that is important to me is eating the same thing as a family. Um, We don't want, you know, mom making her TV dinners while everyone else is eating a separate meal, or we don't want to cater to our children who maybe look at that meal and say, oh, that looks gross. I don't want that. And then the parent ends up making the mac and cheese and everyone else is eating maybe a grilled meal. We want it to be all the same, consistent. And again, that's where including a familiar food for them that you know they'll eat, regardless of if you think, oh, they're probably not going to eat the sushi, you'd be surprised. (laughs) So we are in such like a run, run, run lifestyle now. And moms are busier than ever working full-time jobs, also shoveling kids to all their activities. Did you have any like tips 
or resources that you've ever utilized that moms could learn how to make sure they're preparing meals on the go that fulfill those balances? Yeah, that is probably the biggest challenge in my life too, is, you know, working full time. And by the time you get home, it's 5.30 and bedtime is, you know, 7, 7.30, or we have gymnastics, whatever it may be, it's rough. It's tough to get that nutrition in. So one of the biggest things that helps for us is planning ahead. So having a meal plan for the week, we sit down each week and take 10, 15 minutes to figure out what meals we want, kind of taking into consideration what the week looks like. If you have something going on, you know, three nights a week, there's different options there. We rely heavily on leftovers. So making meals that reheat well can be a huge help in that regard. Um, And it also can help save money too. And we're factoring in every meal of the day as well as snacks. Another huge, I think, time saver and money saver for me personally is ordering groceries online. That has been really helpful. I don't have to go to the store with my kids who might be cranky and spend an hour going through the aisles and they're trying to grab all the food off the shelves while I'm trying to stick to the list. (laughs) Um, Ordering online is just so handy and you can pick it up for free at most stores or you can pay to have it delivered. And then, you know, other things is be prepared with healthy snacks. So grab and go items. Think of an adult or varied version of a Lunchable. You know, if we're thinking about balance, just trying to have some snacks with that might fuel you to get by until you are home, such as trail mix or fruit with peanut butter, veggies with hummus, you know, quick and easy grab and go items. Um, And if all else fails, again, balance it out. Maybe you do end up getting fast food every so often, or maybe you do have the pizza or macaroni and cheese ready at home. But again, just trying to include that fruit and vegetable there and some protein, just so you're balancing it out and doing the best you can. We're kind of in survival mode, so don't be hard on yourself. (laughs) Do your girls ever help you with the meal planning? Well, if I ask them what they want, they kind of have their same thing. So my my two-year-old pizza is always her answer, my four-year-old mac and cheese. So, hey, that's what they (laughs) like. And no matter what I do, I think that's just natural. I mean, who doesn't like mac and cheese and pizza? So... I do also include them in, you know, what fruits do you like or what vegetables should we get and, you know, the whole conversation. And um, they each have kind of their things that they love and and dislike or maybe haven't learned to like yet, I'll say. (laughs) I haven't exposed them enough. Um, But they just love that involvement. Absolutely. I love that, getting kids to be involved with it and having some of that ownership, too, of the family function of cooking and planning and yes so we talked a lot about kids so far but i also wanted to touch on we as women what do you see that we as women are missing a lot of in our diets um, or things that we really should be focusing on boosting our health through different foods 
Yeah, that's a good question. So it varies by person, of course, but I think overall, when we look at moms in general, we don't prioritize our health very easily, or it's hard to do that. And so the main thing is just making sure we are fueling our body. It's just as important. Um, You can't pour from an empty cup. So just trying to treat yourself as you do your children when it comes to prioritizing your health. And what's helpful is if we are encouraging eating together as a family and not cooking things separate and trying to get that variety, it will also help us too. And so it's a win-win in that regard. I'd say a big area that I notice a lot of in adults is hydration. We live off of caffeine and sometimes it's sugary beverages like soda. Other times it's coffee. But regardless, water is a big area that I would recommend really trying to focus on so that we're well hydrated. Um, But then, you know, our fiber and our protein. So again, kind of the the fruits and the vegetables and getting, you know, protein through plant-based sources as well as our lean cuts of meat. Um, You know, you don't have to be a vegetarian to be healthy, but we really like that kind of plant-based focus of fiber-rich selections from the fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans and legumes, nuts and seeds, um, really all areas there. Amazing. Um, Before we wrap up the podcast, just wanted to ask if there are any resources that you suggest we look into. Are there any books that you really like or would recommend or podcasts, things that we can continue our education about fueling our bodies? Yeah, there are so many resources out there and, you know, it gets mucky when it comes to nutrition and what information we can find. And so again, trying to find reliable resources would be the first thing. And what I have really found helpful as a mom is following pediatric dietitians on Instagram. They provide some really great information that is free. So um, a couple that I really like are Kids Eat in Color. And then the other one is Feeding Littles. So those are both registered dietitians. One of them includes a speech pathologist who also works with picky eating and um, feeding therapy. So they're a team which works together really well. Um, And with that, you get so many nice resources. They even provide programs where you can pay And it's not really that expensive and they have different meal plans like affordable bites, real easy weekdays, better bites. Those are a few of the programs that I've seen um, where it actually menu plans for you and is intended to help with picky eating and balanced nutrition. Other resources, nutrition.gov is a good one and they have great resources for adults and children. Um, They have coloring pages and games for children that again, kind of bring the the fun into that, but so many different options there. And Pinterest, I mean, they have really nice recipes too, if you're just looking for some inspiration. Okay, well, before we close up the podcast, I just wanted to ask if there's anything else that you wanted to touch on to let our moms know about. I would say if there's one takeaway that our moms bring from this conversation is to know that you're doing a good job, 
and to not put too much pressure on yourself. Take it a day at a time and do the best you can. No one person eats perfect, including ourselves, so we can't expect that of our children. And um, just know you're doing a good job. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast. Um, You gave us a lot of really great information, some things to think about. Uh, Love the resources that you gave. So we are very excited to put some of this information into action. It was a pleasure to to participate today, and I hope that um, you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date with our latest episodes. Also, you can find us on social media by searching Checkable Health. We look forward to seeing you again soon.